Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Disables Report, official podcast of the Disables Network. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. If you'd like to know more about us and our organization, you can visit our website at disables.org, spelled D-I-S-A-B-L-E-I-S-T.org. Obviously, you know how to spell it because you clicked on this episode, but whatever. Uh, Also, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, we are there at patreon.com backslash the Disables Network. Uh, With all of that out of the way, uh, we have a really interesting episode for you. I am joined by two co-hosts today, um, Lou and Sarah. Thank you so much. Hey, hey. Um, and uh, you probably look forward to seeing Sarah in other upcoming episodes because as she's available, we're going to probably drag her on the show. <laughs> so I uh, appreciate her. But anyways, uh, today's another a revisit. We have Barb Zablotny here again for the second time. Uh, if you want to introduce yourself, uh, tell us what your diagnosis is, and then we're just going to start a really candid, probably agitated conversation about ableism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as Kyle said, my name is Barb Zablotny, and I have a T10 incomplete spinal cord injury. Um, my symptoms pretty much mimic a complete spinal cord injury, though, so um and I have been paralyzed going on 14 years next month. And um, I got my start in this realm of things by being Miss Wheelchair of Pennsylvania 2018. And um, I went on to take over the Miss Wheelchair Pennsylvania program. And um, I have a United Spinal chapter. I'm the, the chapter leader for and um, yeah, I have a lot of things going on pretty much. So the last time we talked, um, I was doing um, the campaigning for the Torrid campaign, and I ended up winning that. And I went to LA, and I was able to shoot with them um, as their first physically disabled model. Um, so right now, my pictures are in stores. If you want to check it out, um, and right now we're also on the website um, of hashtag Team Torrid. So be sure to check that out. That's Isn't that awesome. the store that's always kind of near Hot Topic? Somewhere yep, in the mall? Yep. Okay, so, got it. Yeah, yeah so Tor got their start by um, being a plus-size Hot Topic. And over the years, oh. it's kind of morphed to bring in other styles and fashions into the equation. So there is a lot of, like, um, you know, alternative clothes and stuff, and that's actually kind of my style. So I've been shopping at Tor since 2004. Nice. I, lo- I love that. I wish that there were more off-branded stuff that because you know i uh i'm not plus size but back when i weighed significantly more than i do uh it was difficult for me to go in into like hot topic or something because i always like bought like band t-shirts or like video game t-shirts and they're all really like slim fit so i never fit into any of them and then of course too with like the way that my body is and my my t-rex arms it'd be like super super tight and then, like, really, really long baggy sleeves. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but, but anyways, uh, I, I digress from that. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about ableism. And so I think that a good place to start maybe would just to be to, like, to tell people what ableism actually is. Because a lot of times when I talk to people, um, unless they're activists like we are, they tend not to know what ableism and, like, ableist means and so essentially what it means is you know a person who discriminates against a person who's disabled now 
that sounds very, very vague because it is a very vague definition because that can manifest itself in so, so many different ways. Um, and we'll get into all of that stuff. But just can, can, can we say that there's a such thing now as Aunt B ableism? Like they say with, with racism, there's Aunt B racism where it's unintentional. Or well oh, but able. I haven't heard that. That's what yeah. we're going to talk yeah. about. That's literally what the first. Thank you for stealing the first topic, <laughs> well. Lou. Before before I could get on to it. Um, yeah, but so uh, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned racism, though, because uh, an easy way to remember the volatility behind ableism and ableist language is think about it like racism or like racist language. Um, it does the same thing for disabled people that racist language does for people of color. Um, so it's an easy way to, to remember it. But anyways, yeah, unintended ableism. Let's talk about it because it's <laughs> everywhere. Uh, started like way, way back in the day, reading a book like have been for a long time and haven't gotten back to it because it's so emotionally draining to read called A History of Disability by uh, William Steiker, I think, something like that. Uh, and found out that a lot of it, you know, originated in early uh, Judaistic and Christian uh, doctrine and not just doctrine, but practice as well. Um, so these people, these things have been going on for an exceedingly long period of time. Uh, we're probably not going to be able to, quote unquote, graduate from ableism anytime soon, but we'll solve it today, though. Things are getting a lot better, hence what Barb mentioned about being involved with that Torrid campaign, right? Like, that wouldn't have happened five or ten years ago, honestly, I don't think. Um, so anyways, yeah, uh, what are some ways that you all have experienced unintended ableism? Barb, since you're the guest, you should probably go first, and then we'll get around to these uh, the other two yokers. So, yeah, so interesting. You know, I figure let's bring it up within the toward conversation here. Um, so, I mean, the pictures, everything looks all gumdrops and rainbows, but I actually did had to do a lot of advocating behind the scene when I was out there because I was experiencing unintentional ableism in the forms of segregation, discrimination, and, and other ableist um, behaviors once I got there. Um, so actually, as soon as I like before I even got there, I told them the type of vehicle that I needed to be able to transfer into of uh, 21 inches plus or minus an inch, but roughly around 21 inches, I can transfer fairly easily. Um, and then I also told them the type of car I drive, which was a Subaru Outback 2018. And I said, you know, that one's a little bit higher, but where the handles are, I'm able to pull myself up. So um, I told them all of this ahead of time for them to prepare to know how my body moves to, uh, you know so i get there and they have a like a chauffeur service that showed up um in a suburban which literally i think the seats were like five feet off of the yeah. ground yeah. and my transfer board was like not even able to get to the top of the seat and um as a result then i was you know like really they didn't listen to me you know it was really upsetting um, and my, thankfully my brother was with me because it's hard to deal with my chair and everything with airlines. So he came with me, um, to be the muscle of the operation and I started getting upset. So he took the phone from me whenever I called the people at Torrid and I heard my brother essentially 
explaining to the people at Torrid why my body can't do what they wanted it to do. And, um, you know, if I just needed like a couple minutes to decompress and think about things and then, you know, but they wanted it here now, 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 now. And that's essentially what happened with that. And as a result, the whole entire, well, most of the week until I, you know, confronted them on the matter, um, they ended up getting like a sedan and putting all the other girls in suburban. So I was segregated on my own to and from location while all the other girls got to bond with each other and, you know, have fun. And I'm over there by myself and sedan going to location. Once we get to the location, how they have the whole thing set up was not conducive of my wheelchair moving into like areas to, you know, bond with the girls and get close. It was, you know, a circle of chairs and there was nowhere for my chair to wheel in. So I was on the outside there. Um, I also didn't really have privacy getting into the bathrooms at the location. Um, the doors did not open the whole way because there was a uh, object in the way. No one thought to move it, even though I did say, Hey, there's an object there. It should probably be moved. Um, and then even before we went to another thing that happened was they were talking about doing, um, uh, a photo shoot on the rooftop. And I said, well, is there like an elevator to get to the rooftop? And the set designer was like, no, there's not. I'm like, well, how are you going to get me up then? And he was like, oh, we'll figure it out, which I know is able body speak for we're carrying you up. Um, and I was like, the hell you are. If you're going to carry me up, it's going to come with equity and you're going to carry all the other girls up too. That's how that's going to work. Um, but you know, it was just things like that. And it kept compiling over the week. And, um, you know, again, whenever it came to fittings, they also didn't have a couch that I told them I was going to need at that height that I requested. It ended up being eight inches off of the ground rather than 21. So again, thankfully my brother was there to help with that transfer, but you know, it just, and I don't understand why they didn't listen to me. Should I keep going? He's yeah, go that. ahead. We, we, okay. Yeah. I on. didn't understand, you know, why they didn't listen to me going into this whole thing because I told them everything that I needed. So I just thought, I'm like, this is crazy. And I ended up um, confronting them on it and advocated and they did go and change everything and fix everything. But at the same time, I gave them a heads up ahead of time and told them what I needed. And it was like, they thought I was just being a diva or something. I don't know what they thought, but, um, or, or uh, you know. I guess there's an equivalent for being woke, right? So you were, disabled woke right that just being annoying a a pest to them i guess right yes exactly and i think that they like i kept kind of getting from some of the stuff you should be grateful you should be grateful and i'm like no um i'm not gonna be tokenized for my community unless if you treat me right my people are not gonna care about those pictures on the wall if i'm not treated right Right. so you need to fix this and you need to fix this now because i'm not gonna be quiet about it so um, they ended up, like I said, they fixed it and, you know, there have been other issues that have arose since those things too. And I do address it with them. And, you know, it's obvious that they have never been around another disabled person or worked with a disabled person, um, that has been integrated into the community because there is a difference between people who are disabled, who have been integrated into the community and other ones who aren't, um, because that was me 
you know, four years ago, whenever I, before I went for Miss Wheelchair Pennsylvania. So um, that I was definitely an ableist wheelchair user at that time. And, you know, as I got more into the community, I understood more and more. And like you said, became woke. So (laughs) you could tell that they were like, whoa, what is like, they, it was just so much. And um, thankfully there was a staff member there who um his cousin is a quadriplegic from a skiing accident like you know 12 years ago or something so he understood exactly what i was saying and i think he broke it down to them behind the scenes a little bit for them to try to understand a little bit more like what i'm saying and and whatnot so you know but those are like i mean just with that alone i would say that that was a lot of un- unintentional ableism a lot of stress I don't think too that meant- Yeah. Like, I don't think that they meant to do it. You know, I don't think they, I think that they just thought it would be okay. And I, you know, they weren't understanding that I just couldn't make do, you know, um, because I can't stand, I can't wait there. I can't, you know, that's, this is just how it is. So they thought, I think that I could stand. I think that's what they thought. And I think that they thought I could move a little bit. Um, and, that's not the case. So I I think that's what ended up taking place, but that definitely was, you know, the way I experienced unintentional ableism while I was out there. And it definitely was an interesting experience. Kyle, we talked so bad about you when you were, I am so (laughs) pissed that my power went off. Oh, it's okay though. It happens. I I wanted to hear that, you know, you're going to hear it when you you get to watch the episode. So what, so what about you, Sarah? You got, you got a story to tell too. Yeah. Well, I just want to, so Barb, I mean, I just, as I'm listening to your story and I think, you know, we can all agree that as disabled people to have the level of education that we have to give people about our situations is just exhausting. It is like, and I can only imagine how you felt that week, just being like, I want to be here and represent my community. But here I am playing like the educational experience. And, yep. you know, I think Kyle and I have had this conversation. It's like, at what point do we just say, you know what, I quit. I don't want to have to be the person who has to educate today. But if I don't do it, then who's going to do it? And it's like that right. pressure that we feel to always be educating people about our needs and, and ableism. It's just ridiculous. It's exhausting. Like you yeah. said, I was I was mentally exhausted by the end of the week. I can imagine. Really so, so to jump in, um, I remember when I was first hanging out with Kyle, and I we've mentioned this before on, on previous shows, but he used to apologize for everything. I still do. <laughs> well, not, not so much anymore, but it, it was to the point where I had to go, hey, listen, you know, I, I hang out with you because I want to hang out with you. And I know that there's a certain cost to that. Like, but, but there's cost to hanging out with everybody, right? Like, uh, my, my, my famous, eventually we're going to start getting mayonnaise packets. I always say this through the mail, but I hate mayonnaise. You're inciting so, it at this point. Right, yeah. So You're I can't even be around it. people eating it. I have such an aversion to it and I can't be in my house. Or, but so imagine someone who likes a sandwich of mayonnaise. So that's a minor cost, but that would be the cost to hang out with me, for instance. You know, like with Kyle, I know that there's certain things that, you know, he's going to go, hey, can you hand me my sunglasses? You know, and and I also told him, hey, if I don't feel like doing those things, I just don't hang out with you for the day. <laughs> so, I mean, but again, you know, to to look at it from a different context, 
same thing. If I have friends that want to eat a sandwich with mayonnaise, they go, well, I guess I'm not inviting Lewis over, you know? So. I do think, Lou, it is important, though, because you being on the autism spectrum, you do um, probably disproportionately experience unintended ableism, I would say, than the three of us being physically disabled. Um, and you know, stuff that comes to mind is, is we're friends. So I know a lot of yeah, shit yeah. that goes on in your life, but you know, when you meet like a new acquaintance, for instance, right. And you tell them about, you know, your autism and, you know, like triggers that you have and stuff like that, aversions that you have. And they're just like, ah, blah, 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 and then they go about their day. And then you get to a point where you do butt up against like, that mayonnaise thing or whatever. Well, well, yeah. it's actually weaponized against me sometimes. So well, that, that's I'm, my I'm, point. Yeah, I'm really good at masking. So the assumption is that I'm obviously, if you're really close friends with me, you'll you'll notice the issues after a while. But um, there is an assumption that I should behave normally, or they i run into things that are confusing to me and i have to explain to people i legitimately don't understand what you're saying to me or what you're asking of me and it's confusing to to them so that's where it's super unintentional and you know i mean i feel bad too i don't you know i don't want to be in a situation like that where there's conflict so well, well that's exactly it like i can only i mean for me it's I want to stand up for myself, but then at what point do I just don't, I don't want to be the difficult person either who always has to, oh, like everybody has to accommodate me. But at the same time, it's like, if we don't educate people and we don't speak up for what we need, then things aren't going to change and people aren't going to become aware. But it's that balance of, I don't want to be difficult or too much versus actually getting what we need and what we deserve. I just started to like, you know, be that difficult person because I, I, I was so hung up on that and feeling like I was an inconvenience, whatever, you know, to everyone. And I got to a point that I'm like, you know what? I can swear, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? Like, Absolutely. people, like, I don't really care if they like me or they don't like me. Like, if their interpretation of me telling them what I need or whatever to, to be, you know, part of things is them perceiving me as difficult, then fuck them. Do I really need them in my life? Like, you know, and is this really an opportunity for me? Is this really where I'm meant to be then? Because where I'm meant to be is not going to see me as difficult. Um, you know, and I, I believe there's a diplomatic way to go about it. And, you know, one of those, like, you know, I'm sure you've been around like a Karen, you know, like yeah. there's, there's different ways to go about, you know, advocating for yourself. Like you can be a very diplomatic or you could be a, a, a bitch about it. So I think that it's realizing that balance of how to go about mm -hmm. doing it and not just to be perceived. Like I just stop worrying about what other people think of me because I would never be able to live my life if I just kept worrying about what other people thought of me 24 seven, because that's not my concern. That's their problem, not my problem to deal with. Well, I think the corollary to that, though, is similar to what I go through being Puerto Rican, for instance. So being Puerto Rican, growing up, I would hear, well, you're one of the good ones. Or <laughs> I would actually have some of my friend's parents sit me down and say, I, I was scared of you when I first met you. And it's and it's that what what are they exposed to 
on TV, for instance? Like, what what does Puerto Rican look like to the average John Q. citizen? But I think the same thing applies to people with disabilities. Absolutely. So when we go, when we talk about unintended ableism, the same similar thing happens. Yep. Uh oh, she's getting a coat. She's getting the coat. It's cold up there. Here. <laughs> but yeah, you're you know, you're absolutely right. You know, um, I can say that I've I've my my father is disabled, so I grew up with the uh, he, you know, stepped on a landmine. My uncle had a uh, has not had. He has polio, so I he was wheelchair bound. So I was always used to being around people with disabilities. But having said that, if I was to just think about what I see in the media and if, you know, just, I guess you could say that other half of people with disabilities, I would completely assume that, oh, they need our help or, you know, that there's a a pity component, you know, and now, you know, I, I have a friend with CP and he used to play that pity component to a T. We went to college together and he allowed people to pat him on the head and he would play into that and and he would go, yeah, I, and we, he would laugh later. I am manipulating them. <laughs> you know, like, so. Well, that's a good uh, a, a good segue into y'all didn't already talk about inspiration porn. No, so no, we didn't. <laughs> Kyle, are you so, going to talk about that that post I sent you a few, like a month ago? Which yeah, I have meningitis brains, so you'll have to <laughs> jog my memory on that one. Well, how did that go again? Remember, it was like a post that I sent you that I got into it with someone and um, it was like, um, it was pretty much an anti-vax post, but it was showing that, oh, you know, the FDA approved this medication and it caused babies to be born without limbs and more or less saying like it was the worst thing in the world compared to like whatever disease this medication was supposed to treat. And then they found that this medication wasn't deemed safe or whatever for pregnant women. And that's, you know, whatever, but they, they were trying to say, oh, well, because this was approved by the FDA, it was causing this. And they were showing pictures of children without limbs. And it was just to me, first off, did you get approval to use those photos? Those are somebody's loved children and they were like pretty much, I don't know, it, it just the whole tone of this meme was so disturbing to me. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm, I have my limbs. So I wonder, like, am I interpreting this in a way? And I sent it to Kyle and I was like, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah. Because you are someone that does not have some limbs. So I'd like to know uh, what's your thoughts. And he's like, pretty much said the same thing I did. So I was like, okay. So I'm not just like overreacting to this meme. Gotcha. And I ended up um, the lady who posted it. They, um, she expressed interest in um, giving Miss Wiltshire, Pennsylvania money as a sponsor. And I told her to keep her money um, because I, I was so offended by that post. I was like, you obviously are not understanding what Miss Wiltshire, Pennsylvania is about. We don't need your money. You Incidentally, everybody nice. out there, we'll take your money. Don't worry. We, 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 <laughs> Bard may not want your money, <laughs> yeah, but we, I want we will take it. <laughs> a, like a hundred bucks was not worth the integrity of the organization, in look, my opinion. So, look, they're not going to get what they think out of Lou and I, but we'll certainly take that job and take that money. We, we don't have integrity. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> no, but so okay, so people. 
I talk about inspiration porn all the time. Lou knows this. I see that he's smirking already and, and laughing because. And I always just call it disability porn. And, yeah, and he then calls I'm it like, disability porn. And then I'm always like, whoa, that's a yeah, completely different yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people <laughs> like people hear the term porn and they immediately freak out, which they shouldn't freak out anyway. But, you know, whatever. So like inspiration porn is seeing something like Barb just said, where it's picturing like a disabled people person or talking about disabled people in a way that reduces us to like our disability, but it doesn't take us into account as a person. It's, it says like, Oh, look at this poor, like for instance, look at this poor limbless child in a way that makes the able-bodied person feel better about themselves or probably more so, especially within like a Christian sphere implores them to use that quote-unquote humility as i as i make with my t-rex arms little air quotes um to then proffer their own money into whatever thing that they're okay wait 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 i gotta throw in my favorite one my favorite one is look at this poor disabled child and they are he's missing an arm but he's a virtuoso at violin so what's your problem oh or, or what's your excuse <laughs> yeah what's your excuse yeah the, like, um so so they use the we, person. we don't we don't exist to just give you know j- we do not exist solely to give able-bodied people inspiration and i think back to my 21 years you know as um you know someone walking and I don't feel like I ever really thought of that stuff. Um, I don't think, I mean, I still to this day, I find myself because it's so, you know, that subconscious ableism is so embedded in us at such a young age. Like I, I didn't even, you know, you have to unlearn everything, but I still catch myself going, you know, wow, at least I have my arms. Oh, at least I have, you know, this and, you know, and, and I do think it's important within the disability community that we understand our privileges, right? Oh, like, absolutely. you know, I think that's the better way to do it rather than saying like, oh, I'm grateful I have my arms still. Like, while I am grateful, you know, because I could have got become a quad, you know, I'm grateful for what I have, but I have to use these privileges of, you know, that I have to help other people with disabilities out. So I, I think that's a, something I noticed that's seemingly missing in the disability community. I feel like people think, oh, one disability is all disabilities. And it's like, well, no, there's that's it's not a, it's not just a singular thing. Right. It's like a big umbrella term, essentially. But, you know, each you know, person with a disability has a privilege over another person. And how are you using that to advance the disability movement overall? Please don't try to use it to get pity is what I normally say, because I see people just constantly using it on the pity yeah. card. Like Lou was saying, his one friend, you know, used it for manipulation. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> or it turns into a competition too. So. Yep. Yep. I'm more disabled than you are. Yeah. So oh I my deserve gosh. this. Like literally... Uh, the, so the hierarchy of disability yeah. yes like i cannot when people try to do that with me i'm just like are you serious like i'm at a point that i don't even you know yes i'm curious about people's diagnosis just to know where they're at you know but i don't really even ask so much i'm just like it, it is what it is and i don't even go and talk about my disability as much because i'm just like uh, it is what it is if you want to know you ask i'll tell you but I don't really feel like it's that big of a thing. And I then find people want to try to compare and, 
you know, do the one up game. And I'm just like, what yeah, are you yeah. doing? Like, I'm confused. <laughs> so I, I'm reading a book right now that I just cracked open today. And I don't remember the name of the author. Lou might, because I sent him a picture of it, but maybe not. Uh, but the title of the book is called racism without racists. Oh. And it, do, do you remember the name of the no, author by no. any chance? No. I can put it in the show notes or whatever, but, um, you know, let me write that down. In, it, it's interesting. We'll, we'll send it to you, Barb. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, but it, it's interesting just because, you know, I am technically, you know, Hispanic, but I definitely present as white, right? And so I'm trying to learn more because I know that I'm privileged in that manner. Um, and so that's, you know, like why I picked up that book. But it's talking about uh, essentially the myth of us living in a post-racial society. Right. Um, and this became really apparent when, for instance, like Obama was in office. There was a lot of like, see, racism doesn't exist anymore. Um, and so what's interesting about this is anything that I read about other um, minority groups that I don't belong in, the way that I understand it is I kind of compare it to disability because I'm really well versed in reading about disability and also living as a disabled person. So I can empathize and kind of start to, you know, draw some parallels there. And an interesting thing that I was thinking in reading this, uh, like the intro chapter of this book, is that it seems like disability rights movement and everything is kind of operating in reverse to what racism is operating in, where the current, like, you know, racist push right now is we live in a post-racial society to legitimize racism where I feel like disability in, in terms of where ableism is with it is on like the opposite end of that spectrum. If that makes any sense, like people aren't even arguing that we live in a post ableist society because they don't even know that ableism exists yeah they, people have sense. no clue that ableism exists like when i use that term people are like what and like what's funny is like whenever i was dealing with the whole tour thing and i finally you know said something to them with all the compounding issues because like let's face it as disabled people if it's one issue we're kind of like mm, okay like you know but when it becomes compounding issues you're like oh, okay no no this is enough so that's whenever i ended up telling them they were kind of like, oh, well, like kind of, they, they were acting like it wasn't a big deal. And, you know, as you're talking about, you know, race, I, as a white cis woman, I don't feel like I necessarily have a place to compare, um, you know, oppression to oppression. Um, but at the same time, sometimes that's the only thing you can do to get through to certain people and whenever i said you know the term segregation that's when it was like a light bulb went off and when i start saying well you're discriminating against me by doing this you are you know they're like well you know we're trying to give you equal treatment i'm like but it's not about equality it's about equity and that's what you're not understanding here like people literally <laughs> yeah. yeah it's so so this yeah you're hitting on exactly lou it's funny, not funny like comedic, yeah. but funny yeah. like ironic in that we're keeping you separate but equal. And the reason why – well, I mean I want to learn more about racism in general because like everybody should. Like don't be an asshole. Bar Barb um, is making me thirsty. 
She she's like <laughs> onto her like fifth soda or something. Right? Like, so I keep going. Oh no, my god! It's just I got, bubbly. Uh, it's you know, but but I can't stand the carbonation, so I like open them ahead of time. Oh. <laughs> but, but um, you know, because then in talking about civil rights stuff related to disability, we find ourselves using the language that people have put down already who have been activists in you know relation to racism in relation to sexism because that civil right you know regardless those civil rights movements are a lot older than ours are and so we have a lot to learn and it's also indicative if you watched the movie crip camp if you haven't by now go fucking watch that movie because it's amazing it's available on netflix yeah it's really good and uh so what were the groups that helped the disabled people when we occupied, uh, you know, DC, you know, there's like, uh, exactly. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, being a white dude, I hear all the time, like the the, the, racist people, like the black Panthers, but like, they were the ones that were there helping disabled people. Well, like lesbians were also there helping doing things. So like these groups of people who have gone through shit, Mm-hmm. are helping us while we're going through our shit. And there's a lot of growing pains in the beautiful thing is that them knowing that and, and seeing that and drawing those parallels that like it legit makes me want to cry because they're extending that olive branch out and being like, we know what this is like. Let us help you in a way that we wish that we had help during that time. Well, and I think that you hit the nail on the head there. It's like, I will never know as a white person who also is cisgender. Like, I have so much love for my LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters because I know what it's like to experience oppression in a different way. But when you've been discriminated against and oppressed, it makes you want to fight for people who you're seeing even in a different way. It's just your empathy is automatically there, even if you can't fully understand what it's like to be in those person's shoes. Well, I have to interrupt. And push back just a little bit because uh, I'm just going to play devil's advocate, and that's going to be—I guess that's my role. Um, <laughs> so, what do you guys say when you're confronted with this? Because this has actually happened to me. I'll talk to somebody about the situation, a similar situation, and they'll say, "Well, you know who the real racists are? Like our black people, because they keep bringing it up. Or you, you keep bringing it up. We should all just get along. I don't know why you say this, or I don't." I don't see – so it would almost be like if I was – someone would just say to people with disabilities, well, I don't see your disability. Yeah, yeah. You guys are making that, an issue yeah. out of it. I get that all the time. So yep. – right. And and so yeah, the same thing happened. Right. I'm colorblind. Yeah, yeah. You know, all lives yeah, but matter. But my you know. thing is, you know, like when someone says that, I'm just like, well, you're completely erasing exactly. how I perceive the world. At, from the moment I wake up, everything is rooted in my disability experience. And this is who I am to a core. I mean, all my friends are disabled, my job, what I do, everything that I, my, my hobby, everything is rooted in this, you know, from the moment I wake up. And whatnot. So, you know, it is a very important part of people's identity. Now, are there some disabled folk who may not feel as confident and prideful in their disability? Yeah, but that's for them to have in their own personal growth. Um, I mean, it took me a whole decade to even like get to a place of any what accepting of what happened to me. It just doesn't happen overnight. And everyone's journey looks different for them. But I really think it's important that we 
you know, really listen to people of how they identify and how they perceive the world. And whenever you are saying, oh, you're colorblind or you don't see the disability, you are just ignoring this whole piece of who I am because, okay, you don't see my disability. Great. But, um, that's how I'm living every day. Like, okay, what's that do for me? Like you just obviously aren't seeing that I'm needing this and I get that they come from a good place, but I always say the path of hell was paved with good intentions. So (laughs) it's, it's their, it is their get out of jail free card. All right. I I gotta be the the bad guy, Kyle. We're at, we're at the 35 minute mark buddy okay uh so. I, I will just say one thing too that's that's funny <laughs> is that these are terminology you know terms that we use um to talk about you know they're legitimizing their racist experience legitimizing their ableist experience right but even the term color colorblind is fucking ableist <laughs> even, right. even the term like disability blind i don't see your disability that is also ableist so the again this is why i'm absolutely not conflating um racial discrimination and disability discrimination or sexist discrimination absolutely not at all but this is why it behooves all of us to kind of at least be in communication with each other because you don't want to refer to a way that you're being discriminated against that's going to discriminate another minority group right you know what I mean? Like, because then again, you know, you call on people uh, like, you know, like disabled people did, you know, we, we called on, um, you know, the black community, we called on the LGBTQ plus community and like they showed up and that says a lot more than my, cisgen white people, um, especially my, men. Like my, my thing that I've noticed, it seems that people don't even see people with disabilities as a minority population they don't see us as a marginalized population and i know like when i was in california i was just being looked at as just a white chick like and yes i am a white chick like i don't want to get rid of that identity that is who i am i'm you know white and i'm cis and you know i I have all that privilege but with that i'm sitting in a chair and i'm you know this is my legs this is how i get around and as a result I'm being discriminated against solely because I'm sitting on a chair with wheels. Like, let's just, you know, that's mind blowing in itself, but people don't really perceive it as that. Cause they're just like, Oh, you're a white chick, whatever, you know? And you're just, and they're like, Oh, what? And I'm like, well, we're a minority. Population. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, like Arches they all. have no clue. They have no clue. All right, Kyle. Yeah. I see you wanted to jump in. I see. It. No, 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 I see no, it. no, I'm not. Well, I see it. <laughs> No, we, I mean it's. Yeah, I, I just got to say we we have to do a hard stop, Barb. It's nothing against you. It's just today we have well, to do okay. a hard stop. So no, that's what I, I was yeah. gonna. Um, yeah, we'll have to wrap. We'll have to get back to this with you guys, especially. This was a good conversation, so the yeah. time went super fast. And I'm pissed, I know, I'm but like, I missed a large part of it. So. You, you only missed like. Two yeah, minutes. you didn't miss that much. Yeah. In my yeah, mind, really it was it. a large. In yeah. my mind, it was a large part. I'll never get those two minutes yeah. back. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so I'm going to end the show now by shouting out all of our other stuff. Um, if you're interested in watching our stuff, you can follow us on YouTube. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button, the bell icon. That way you're notified every time that we upload new content. 
Um, if you want to follow us on Facebook, you can find us at Disablest. If you are disabled and you want to join our disa disabled only Facebook group, search us. We're the Disablest Nation. If you're not disabled, I'm not going to approve you. Neither will Lou or any of our other admins. Uh, so sorry about that. We love our allies, but there are spaces for you and there are spaces for us. Uh, if you want to purchase any of our merch, like this wonderful shirt that I'm wearing today and also the mug that I always have on display, you can go over to our uh, shop on cafepress.com backslash the Disablest Network. And then last but not least, if you would like to support our show and you don't want to buy merch uh, or anything like that, you can always support us on Patreon. That way you also get our content early and there are other perks going through a little bit of a restructure in terms of those perks right now. But um, at the very least, people are getting content early. So you can be rest assured all of that. And so with all of that kind of stuff out of the way, I will go ahead and say I want to give a shout out to our top two tiers. That's what you get when you become either a Super Crypt or a Cryptastic patron. Uh, our Super Crypt patrons have pledged $15 a month. So thank you specifically to Robert L. Pope Jr., George Smith, Kevin Melendez, and Kelly Kidder. And then from our Cryptastic patrons, Annette Webb, Patty Pride, Ellie Stowe, Jesse Schwartzman, thank you so much for all that you do for our show. It really means a lot to us. And if you would like to help us out, we'd greatly appreciate it because it would help us get better equipment and have higher production value and allow us to have more time to do this because time is money and it takes a lot of time to do all of this kind of stuff stuff and lou and i are essentially a two-man team doing work of uh, well sarah there's, there's uh gabby and oh that, that know, is and well Caitlin that is true. now you know I'm, so. I'm used to i am used to only being you and i so yeah. i yeah. i i uh we're, we're the I mansplainers like that's why we needed to bring in sarah we're we're yeah <laughs> Uh, but, but you know if you are disabled or whatever and you would like to get involved if you would like to you know talk to us about maybe co-hosting something or whatever like sarah does with us you send us an email at getinfo at disables.org or you can send me an uh, email at kyle at disables.org um love to hear from you uh or you know speaking stuff all of that kind all of that good stuff we're, we're gonna I have to also have a barb all. part three we need to get her back on. Oh, Barb's just going to be a recurring guest. I think, <laughs> if you're okay with that. I'm fine with it. As long as people find me interesting enough that they actually want to hear me. <laughs> oh, no, they will. This yeah. episode is very, yeah. it was very, uh, it was very, animated. Very, it was colorful. Yeah, very, very good. Very, very colorful. Apropos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, we'll go around the horn um, for the Disabled Network and the Disabled Support. My name's Kyle. My name's Lewis. My name's Sarah. And Barb. Barb. Oh, and I'm Barb. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And oh, if uh, anybody wants to get in touch with you, you have contact info? Yeah, I just tell people to follow me on Instagram at The Rolling Rainbow. Um, pretty much the content I post there is also the content I post on Facebook and other little things. So really, you pretty much, it'll be in my stories and my posts and my reels, all that stuff. It's all on instagram pretty much so just go there awesome all right uh love y'all take care and just remember if you're an anti-vaxxer stop listening to our podcast <laughs> take care everybody bye <laughs> <laughs>